I like the new nurse better. <laughs> uh-huh. Fuck you. That's my fuck you, Esther. Name. That's my eat name. My, eat my asshole. Eat my entire asshole, Esther. That's my fucking name. Esther is the last name. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh. Holy shit, dude. Not expecting that at all. I thought it was just gonna be like a oh. fucking. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Man, Luke, uh, I made a mistake. I made a big fucking mistake. What'd you do, man? So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't mean to have another podcast where we shit all over the outwaters, but don't ask me why I did this. <laughs> but um, when we were watching the, the movie the other day, we noticed that there was two more things that said outwaters on there. Okay. And they were like two little short movies that go along with this. With the Outwaters movie? Yeah. One of them was like, it was called Card Zero, and it's like a prequel thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that thing could fuck itself right off. I didn't look at that at all. But there was another one <laughs> where it was like, they, they described it as like restored footage or something, right? Uh-huh. And... um I wasn't going to do anything with that either. But then I saw the description and it's like the big thing that they were saying is like, oh, what did Miranda see or whatever her name was? Like, what did she see? That's what they were saying that this was. Okay. This, you mean this, this the singer girl? The one that they yeah. got there for? Okay. Yeah. So it's like, man, all right, let me see if there's any kind of redeeming quality to this. Like maybe like this, this 20 minute thing. Uh, like actually shows you what's going on. So I watched it and no, it doesn't. It's possibly worse than the rest of the, the other movie, the whole movie. Well, that's a bummer. I, not that I was expecting like the answer to be yes. But uh, again, I, I, I really, really, I, I don't like when we don't like a movie. Yeah. Uh, especially to the extent that we did not like the Outwaters because again, you know, a lot of work went into that movie, uh, I'm sure, you know, and, uh, you know, just for a couple of schmoes like us to make fun of it on, uh, well, not make fun of it, critique it, I guess. Uh, it, it, it's not fun. It's not, that's not what we want to do here. We want to, we, we love horror. We, we promote horror. Uh, so yeah, for you to say that, uh, yeah, it, it, this other thing also does not help it. Well, yeah, I kind of figures. <laughs> It's less coherent than the movie because it's just like all the stuff that they didn't put in there. So it's like there's no, it's even more, you know, disjointed because it flips between lots of different things and it it gives you nothing new. Less coherent than the movie is saying a lot. Yeah, no kidding. And, um, you know, and I do, and I, again, uh, like you, I feel a little bit bad. Because, like, as I was watching this thing, there was a couple scenes where it's like, I was like, oh, man, like, these people that made this movie and the, the people that were in the movie, man, they probably felt like they were making something special. And it's so right. far from it. And, you know, again, 
more power to them. They, they, they got it out there. I think it was partly produced by the website um, bloodydisgusting.com, yeah. which, which I, I actually get a quite a few of my, my horror happenings from. Um, they're, they're a good website. Again, like I mentioned before in the last episode, it was it was critically really well received by by actual critics. Not us. We're not we're not, we're not critics. We're just a couple of dudes that voiced their opinions on a, on a stupid podcast. Uh, but it was really well received critically. Uh, but uh, man, we uh, not for us. Not for us. I guess that's where I'll leave it. And I'm gonna leave it too. I I. I don't want to talk about Outwaters anymore, ever again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Put that movie behind us and uh, never revisit it. Hey, one thing I do want to revisit, because we have a bad tendency to, like, cue things up in other episodes and then never fucking come back to them, uh, on our Terminator 2 episode, right? Yeah. We You talked about, uh, the, the, during the, the helicopter scene, where the T-1000 is flying a helicopter and he's chasing <laughs> yeah. Sarah Connor and, and, and John and, and Arnold. And he's like firing, you know, his machine gun and he's fucking flying a helicopter underneath, uh, uh, you know, overpasses and shit. And you were like, I think that the T-1000 has like extra arms. So I went back and fucking rewatched that scene. And you were right, dude. It, he has extra arms after like. Right? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it, honestly, because I've watched that again. Like I mentioned this before, I don't typically rewatch movies, but this is one that I've watched numerous times because I, I love it so much. Uh, I've never noticed that detail, man. That's fucking wild. He fucking doc, Doctor Octopus is it, man? Like he fucking has arms coming out of his like bottom <laughs> of his ribcage, where like the, the bottom arms are flying the helicopter and his top arms are fucking shooting the, the, the yeah. little submachine gun. I, I had. No idea. What a, what a I didn't catch. either. I just randomly caught it this time. And um, I mean, it makes sense though, right? He can make himself into what he wants to be, right? So, of course, he can yeah. grow a couple of arms. And again, and, and like I said in that episode, like that would be the only way that would actually work, right? If you, I mean, right. you can't like fucking do all that shit without well, only two arms. So, um, yeah, T1000, multitasking like a pro. Um, also, hey, uh, Another little follow up on our other episodes. I I, I talked about my uh, my little John Wick journey. Yeah, so I finished it. I finished it today. I had a John Wick day. <laughs> I, I watched I watched John Wick two a couple days ago, uh, which I liked a whole lot more, a whole lot more than the first time I watched it. Actually, that's actually a really good movie. John Wick two is. I, I remember not liking it all that much the first time I saw it, but today I had a whole day off really. Nothing to do. So I watched like, you know, all of two hours of John Wick 3. And then I, I, I literally, I didn't time this super well. Uh, but I, as soon as John Wick 3 ended, like as soon as the credits rolled, I threw my coat on and I ran out the door to go watch John Wick, uh, John Wick 4, John Wick Chapter 4, which is like, you know, two hours and, and 40 minutes. So all in all, it was like a you know, f- almost a five-hour John Wickathon. <laughs> it's a lot of wick, man. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of relentless. Wick, it's a it's, lot of relentless destruction. It's too much wick, as I found out. It's still okay. <laughs> John Wick Four is awesome. It's it's fantastic, but it was one of those theaters where like the sound was just too fucking loud. Yeah. So like 
every gunshot I was wincing. I don't know. I'm just old now too. I'm figuring out like I'm like in my early forties. So like it was one of those things where I'm like, do I tell the manager about those? Because it's really yes, loud. You actually should. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like I got so caught up in the story and the action because John Wick it might be the best of all four movies. I'm not even kidding. It's it's amazing. It's so, so good. And then, uh, I, you know, I came out of that movie like super fucking pumped and ready to take on the world. I, I had a couple of tall beers uh, while watching that movie because my theater here serves beer. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll take two. And uh, I came out of that movie, you know, after that two, and a, two hour and 40 minute, 50 minute movie, I'm like, I'm just, you know, pumped to, to take on the world. And I walk out of the theater uh, I, I used like a side entrance because it's just closer to where I parked my car. And I, I didn't realize that it had like rained like a whole lot. And it's actually raining right now as we record this. It's raining and it's fucking storming outside. And um, I, I walked outside and I fucking slipped in a puddle and I ate some shit, dude. I fucking ate it real bad. <laughs> and I, I got my shoes wet and my one of my knees. And uh, hopefully nobody saw me, but it was the most un-John Wick thing I could have done after watching that movie. And um, But anyway, that, that's how my John Wick day ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, there you go. But don't uh, watch John Wick 4, but don't watch them all on the same day. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't don't watch like six straight hours of John Wick. It's 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 a lot. It's it's too much. Like I saw way too many people get shot in the head today. Like it just it, 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 started, to, it started to lose its uh, uh, its impact, uh, I guess. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, whatever. It, it just yeah, but yeah, John Wick Four, uh, spectacular, uh, great time with the movies. I know it's not a horror movie, whatever. It's 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 fun. Just just go see it. Lots of Lots of violence and gore in that one. So, Luke, hit us with some uh, horror happenings. It's been away for a couple weeks. Some horror happenings. Hell yeah, dude! I've been thinking about horror happenings. I think horror happenings needs like a like a some type of like like a news newsy music. That's National Geographic. You know what I mean? Something like that. So maybe. Maybe we'll get some like royalty free type music. <laughs> For- <laughs> Maybe I'll surprise you. Who knows what you're going to hear when you hear this podcast? So here's some some few horror happenings. Uh, these are, are a little bit older, but uh, you know maybe you haven't heard them. So so we'll, we'll go through them real real quick. It's looking like there's going to be an, an an Event Horizon show uh, coming out, which uh, which is amazing. I'm on board. I will take it. I want more Event Horizon. Right. It's been 26 years since uh, Event Horizon hit the theaters. And now Amazon Prime uh, looks like they're going to revive the story and they're going to do uh, like an actual show about uh, about the, or, or a continuation of the story. So we might hear, you know, we might actually find out what the fuck happened to Lawrence Fishburne. Remember, because we fucking left him hanging yeah. at the end of that movie. Yeah, we did. 
They got to get um, Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne for at least like, like a like a a piece of an episode. That's all I want. Like a couple yeah. minutes. No, yeah, I'm just fine. give me give me a little tiny bit of both those guys, and then you can just do a whole new cast. Because I mean, nothing good happened to either of those guys, so it's you can just you know you can just skip right through. That's uh, courtesy of ScreenRant dot uh, com. Um, what else we got going on here? Uh, we have uh, the Fallout TV show has wrapped filming uh, with uh, starring Walton Goggins, which me and you both love. Oh yeah, I love Walton uh, Goggins. Uh, this uh, is another yeah. always a yeah, pleasure. He's great. He's fucking fantastic. Uh, this is another show that it looks like is going to be on Amazon Studios. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, probably sometime either late this year or early next year. I don't. I don't. They don't really have a release date, but uh, that's wrapped filming. Uh, so, so looking forward to that. That's uh, courtesy of WCCFTech.com. Uh, and then let's see for our last one. Let's see. We got, uh, oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is kind of funny. Uh, remember that Winnie the Pooh horror movie that came out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Blood because, and uh, because all those, yeah, all those stories are falling into public domain now. That's right. So you know those those whoever it was I can't don't have the screen or the um you know the 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 filmmakers names here at the moment but the uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey was pulled from uh, theaters in Hong Kong cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you know your you know you know your your uh, your memes and your uh, you know if you're into you know, the news at all, uh, as far as what comes from China. Um, yeah, they, they don't like Winnie the Pooh over in China because, uh, people keep, uh, comparing Winnie the Pooh to, um, you know, China's president, uh, Xi Jinping. And, um, so anyway, they're like, yeah, we're not going to have this movie here. <laughs> and, uh, so it's been pulled from, uh, from those cinemas. That's according to the, the Detroit news. So, um, I, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. So that's it. That's horror happenings for tonight. I actually got one more for you, Luke, and you know about this already. Okay. But um, HBO HBO Spain just released uh, a little teaser trailer for Thirty Coins Season Two. Oh yes, yes, yes. We're so very go check excited. that one down. It's it's um, yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, we we can't say enough good things about Thirty Coins. Uh, I, honestly, you guys, this is this is a won't be the last time we mention it on the podcast uh 30 coins the spanish produced uh horror tv show it's on hbo hbo max um it, you know at least right now again hbo max is going through so many weird things right now but watch it while you can it's it's really really great uh, we, we we recommend it wholeheartedly as horror fans it's uh, it's really well done and and season two is finally coming out which it's been like, October. What, like two, three years, two, three years. Yeah. Well, you know, that was another, that was another one that was um, slowed down by COVID. Right. So they finished filming it like right as the pandemic hit. And then, right. you know, then they, nobody did anything with it for a little while. And then they finally got around to, you know, doing the post-production and all that stuff. And then right. it was released in Spain first. Yes. Yes. And then it came here a few months later. So, um, happy to report that it's going to come out here in October and it's getting a uh, concurrent release with Spain. So we don't have to wait any longer than them. So October, 2023 yes. uh, season two, 30 coins catch up on and it. No, watch the first season, watch it twice. No, I'm going to watch it again before it comes out. 
in octobre you yeah. guys it's coming it's 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 really really good we really like we can't say enough good things about it it's 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 i feel like it's a show that nobody talks about and if you're a horror fan uh, if you listen to this podcast and you, you even somewhat align your taste with ours, check out Thirty Coins. It's great. It's really, really great. And it and it sets itself as a really good segue into our movie tonight. the The themes are central to both, and the we're continuing our halfway to Halloween series with um, Saint Maud. Solid segue, my man. So, Luke, what's Saint Maud about? Saint Maud is about a pious nurse that becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. That's that's a that's a very quick and easy description of what St. Maud is about. And uh, this is going to be a spoiler late in review. So if you have not seen St. Maud uh, and you don't want it spoiled for you, you know the drill. Um, but we're going to we're going to get into this one. I, I can't say enough about this movie, man. We both extremely enjoyed ourselves watching this one tonight. I agree. It, this is a 2019 horror movie. It was written and directed by uh, a vi- oh, apparently a very talented lady called uh, Rose Glass. Uh, by the way, she's in her early 30s. She was born in 1990, according to um, the very brief research I did. So just to make you feel older, Marcus, uh, this is a, a, a young lady that just knocked that out of the fucking park because this is her first feature-length movie. She, she, she did some yep. uh, short films before this uh but this is this is her first feature length and and so far her only feature length she's she hasn't done anything since so i i I, you know i'm after watching this movie i i'm eagerly anticipating anything else she does this is another one of those like slow burnish type movies that you don't really know what's going on with it but you're hanging on every second of it it hooks you in and you're like man i gotta see what's going on I, I want to know what's happening because Maud has some sort of crazy backstory that involves traumatic something because she's a nurse and something with her patient. And we don't really know and they don't really tell us. And I think it's to the effect. It's like a good effect of the movie. You don't really need to know. You just know that something fucked her up. Basically, what what, what happened and, and from what I got and I, I, you know, I cheated a little bit. I looked on Wikipedia and uh, this is a. a um, a hospice nurse, a palliative care nurse called Katie. And in her uh, last patient, her pa- uh, her patient di- uh, died. She coded and she tried doing CPR and it was unsuccessful. And she had some kind of a religious awakening uh, during this because as we find out later in the movie, she was kind of like a promiscuous, you know, party girl before all this happened. And uh, after this, you know, experience with death, uh, she's become extremely pious, extremely religious. And uh, she starts calling herself Maud. And she believes that God speaks to her and sets her on the path that she needs to do to save those around her because, you know, she's she's the movie hints that she's looking at the people around her and she's seeing that how like humans are wicked and, um, you know, do not lead the spiritual path. And she always says like, you know, like don't let your pain be wasted. 
and she's got like this inner monologue going out throughout the whole movie. And you find out, you finally figure out like a half hour in that like this inner monologue is not her talking to herself. She's talking to God and she's think she thinks that God speaks back to her. That's right. There's a lot of, uh, 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 narration in this movie. And and yeah, like Marcus says, at first I was like, okay, well, this is narration for our sake. But no, this is her inner monologue. This is her inner train of thought. Uh, Maude slash Katie is played by um, an actress that I, I, I've never seen her before. Uh, Morphid Clark. Hopefully I'm not saying that incorrectly. She's amazing in this movie. She yeah. does such a good oh, job. She sells it. She's so good at it. Such yeah. a good job. Such a good job. Uh, in fact, this little movie and it's, it's a, it's a little movie. It's, it's a very low budget movie. I, I believe it's, it's 1.4 million altogether is how much they spent on this thing. Uh, it, it, so she, she's our main character. Uh, she's taking care of uh, Amanda who's played by uh, Jennifer Ellie. Uh, who also was an actress that I, I don't know, also nails it. Just so fucking yeah. good. Like th- these two actresses right here, if one uh, of them doesn't work, it, it, the whole movie doesn't work because it, it, it's the whole movie is is these two's you know relationship. Let's talk about this movie as it presents itself to you. And then we can go in and talk about how, like what we actually think is going on. Right. So... The the majority of the first two thirds of this movie is Maud's interactions with Amanda and how she sees things that Amanda's doing. And, and Amanda is dying. She's got stage four cancer. She's of the mindset where Amanda, she's going to do what she wants to live her less the rest of her life out. She drinks, she smokes, she sleeps with prostitutes, female prostitutes. Right. And that's, that's an important thing to know because it's just like another like notch of wicked sin that Maude appears to see in Amanda and how she feels like Amanda is destroying her soul before she dies. And so Maude takes it upon herself to save Amanda's soul. And they actually do get pretty close. Um, Amanda likes her, you know, and, um, but Maud sees more in it than Amanda does, or at least she she seems to like her. I mean, maybe she does. It's it's compli- it's a complicated relationship, and that's part of what this movie is. Why I feel like it's so successful that their relationship. I, I feel like a lot of it is Amanda humoring Maud, because Amanda, you know, Maud is so pious, right? Like she's right. so, you know, she wears her her piety. And her emotions on her sleeve, and uh, Amanda, who's a a former choreographer slash dancer, uh, you know, in the entertainer business, you know, you, you can tell that you know she was the type of life that she used to live is is you know used to, you know, uh, decadence and 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 excess and uh, you know drinking and smoking and, and lesbian sex or what have you. All these things fly in the face of of what Maude believes now, and uh, it, you know, like like Marcus said, she she feels personally responsible for her patient's soul, whom she feels is at risk now in her you know in these final moments. You said like is 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 Amanda humoring her, and and she is, but I think she's doing it just as in the lines is that she does actually enjoy her company and wants to be around her. 
one of the things that mod um, has a couple interactions that you see on screen is that at certain points she feels God inside her. And she, she says that to Amanda, she says that like, sometimes I feel that and you see a couple of scenes of her reacting to that. And so it's like Maude walking alone up the stairs and she like, her body almost goes into like, you know, like ecstasy almost. And then there's another time when she's standing at like a sink or the stove and she's doing something and she's overcome by the, at the, the feeling of God inside her. And both times at the end of it, it's freaky as shit. Like her eyes get pitch black and either her eyeballs like stretch out or her mouth stretches out unnaturally. You're like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? There's gotta be something there, right? Like it, we, we were going back and forth while we were watching this movie, but there, there's, there's some CGI trickeration there because yeah, when mod is talking to God, at the end of it, it looks like she is becoming right before the the scene cuts to black. She's becoming like deformed. She be, she's right. becoming morphed, and it doesn't look natural. And it's, it's so like, unsettling. It's very unsettling. It's very unsettling. And you're like, okay, what what the fuck was that? And it, it, it it's you're like, okay, that was CGI, right? And then it, but before you can even get there, the the scene it's cuts, over. and we're we're, we're yeah. moving on. We're, we're moving on, and that's again. I, it works. It works really, really well for what the movie tries to do because you're like, okay. And, and getting back to like Amanda humoring her, there is a scene of like this mod and ecstasy of the power of God inside of her. And Amanda pretends like, yo, oh yeah, I feel it too. And yep. that increases mods bond, which leads her to, cause she sees this, this female prostitute come over to house, which leads her to say, to tell this prostitute, you know, off to the side, it's like, don't come back. You know, I worry right. for her. You know, right. this is she's this trying is to save Carol. Herself. Don't come back. Right. This is Carol. Uh, is this is a, a friend slash prostitute? This is someone that uh, Amanda has known before. Uh, is coming over to do drugs and drink and you know have lesbian sex. And Mod is like against. All those things. She's like, absolutely fucking not. And she even like confronts Carol. She's like, don't don't come back. You're 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 condemning her soul to, to hell. You know, you're uh, you know, it, it flies right in the face of her piety. Uh, so you know, it creates a, a a lot of conflict there. And which leads up to the major conflict of the first part of this movie, which sort of separates the movie into its two different parts, is that when Amanda's having her big birthday party and everybody's over, Maud's there. Maud is called into the room as, you know, like they're doing the happy birthday song. And um, Maud overhears Amanda saying to her friends, it's like, uh, you know, like, you know, like Maud told her to stop seeing me. And like, it becomes like almost this scene of humiliation. Absolutely. That Absolutely. where Maud is in the middle of the room and Amanda saying some stuff to her and making her feel you know, very embarrassed and, yes, you know, foolish. And Amanda then says like, oh, you know, don't, don't read too much into what I say. This is who I am. And, and I, I like who you are. And she starts saying, and then Maude like freaking slaps her across the face. That's right. Yeah. Because it's, it's a huge breach of her trust, right? Like, because Maude thought that Amanda was on her level the entire time. Uh, but it turns out, yeah, she was, Amanda was just humoring her and uh, she 
airs this dirty laundry at this uh, this birthday party, you know, her last birthday party, most likely, and in front of all these people. And yeah, she embarrasses the shit of Maud and Maud reacts with heartbreak and reacts with violence in that slap. And well, she gets fucking fired. <laughs> Which leads her to question her whole sense of being, right? Like she falls back into some of that old habits where she goes out to the bar and she drinks and she smokes and she calls one of her old friends who she saw a couple days earlier named Joy and like, why don't you come meet me? But then like says something, you know, uh, not nice, so nice to her. So she doesn't come out and, you know, she ends up like taking a guy back to her, to her place and they're, they're having sex and she starts to have like visions of like her <laughs> really unsettling again of like herself doing CPR on her last yeah. patient and her, like the ribs cracking. And then, and then, and then, you know, just like this spiral into her old life. That is until she has, you know, like another sort of sense. We didn't mention this Luke, and this is important. Um, she, practices like this really old practice it's called corporal mortification yes where um christians and this is a very very old practice i'm sure there's still some people that practice this now but very little where it's like you hurt yourself on purpose to atone for your sins so like earlier in the movie you see her when she prays she puts like pebbles down and like kneels on them and then later on, she makes like pins and she puts them inside her shoes, which is really disgusting. Like, oh my gosh. Right, right. That, that's called a, well, I, I looked it up. It, it's, it's called a, and I might might be pronouncing this correctly, but it's called a, a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing that people used to do. Um, maybe they still do. It's called a, a spugna. Uh, it's for her one foot and it's part of her uh, mortification of the flesh ritual. And it's, it's basically, it's a cork with metal spikes or in yeah. this case, needles. And they're long needles. They're like, they look like, like I don't know, man. They're like, what? Yeah, like it would not be good. You would <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you would mess yourself up. Like you, So imagine like, that's where your heel goes. It goes on these needles. And it, 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 they these needles embed themselves in your heel. So every time right. you walk, these fucking things are, you know, going deeper and deeper into your, into your foot. Uh, so yeah, she, she's very into, um, you know, in, into that mortification of the flesh ritual. She's very, you know, self-flagellation. It was the same thing that was in that Moon Knight series. You got around to that, didn't you? I never did, actually. No, no, I didn't. Okay, well, this is not a spoiler. This is not a spoiler, but you, you do have to watch Moon Knight. I'm just letting you know that. But um, one, of the, one of the villain characters practices that. You, you know what it reminded me of? Was that, remember that Tom Hanks movie? Um, what the fuck was that? Uh, oh man, it was like, uh, it was like a huge conspiracy theory type movie. Uh, man, it's like it, the early. You're 2000s. not thinking of Da Vinci Code, are you? The Da Vinci Code, man. Remember the yeah. the, the the remember the the albino priest that kept like, you know, kept like uh, whipping himself with the with yeah. the whips. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what we're the territory we're we're getting into here. Man, there's a. <laughs> There's another one of those, man, which is a, a, a musical called Sweeney Todd by Stephen Sondheim. And, oh, uh, yeah. The- yeah, not not the movie version, but the stage play. And it's like, it's sure. a pretty fucked up musical. It's like there's a priest in there that um, finds himself uh, 
thinking about uh, extramarital affairs with a underage person under his care. And mm-hmm. every time he thinks about it, he whips himself. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. So that's the kind of thing that is. <laughs> to get back to what Maud was feeling, because she's in this spiral and she's hurting herself still. We see scratches on her stomach a couple other times. But what brings her back in a really cool and well shot scene, what brings her back into her believing of her her beliefs and of God and God being in her and speaking to her is like she straight up like levitates in her apartment. It's a cool shot. It's a fucking cool it shot. Is, it's, a, it's a shot of, of the actress, uh, you know, Morfid Clark just, just floating in her apartment. It's really, really well done. It's really cool. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's like an affirmation of, of her faith. Now, the rest of the movie is her journey back to Amanda because we know she's going to get back there at some point. Yes. She's asking questions of the new nurse that's talking to her, you know, like trying to gauge like what's going on and getting all jealous that they get along together, you know? Is this Esther? Is that, is that, is that was the, yeah, that's the, Esther. The yeah. Yeah, because she, she, you know, she, uh, well, she makes, it's a clandestine meeting because she, she knows that Esther is going to be there to, to eat her lunch. So she meets her at this, um, this whole movie, by the way, takes place in a seaside town. It's like a, it's a very charming English seaside town. You know, it's always kind of rainy and, and, and foggy, uh, that type of deal. And and then and yeah, she meets Esther in, in uh, on one of these benches, and she starts kind of like grilling her for information, and um, uh, she leaves the the conversation pissed off because it, it it sounds like Esther and Amanda are getting along just fine, like there's no issues at all. So she she leaves uh, in a in a fucking huff, and, and then we get again, and then I kind of had like feelings in in my mind as this movie kept going, and especially if you watch this movie. You know, with these like subtle, uh, like we mentioned earlier, these like these CGI enhanced moments, like like we didn't think like like I, I think Amanda might be or not Amanda, uh, Maude might be uh, not talking to God, might be talking to someone else. There's a whole scene where Maude is speaking to God, quote unquote, and we hear God speak back to her, and it's really fucking unsettling. It doesn't sound like a benevolent god or anything no it doesn't and we don't really know what the language is we looked it up it's it's because it's obviously not latin and um we didn't know so i think they're just calling it like the divine language or it could be as what luke was saying is like not you know maybe the opposite direction right it's not it's it's very sinister sounding it's uh, unsettling to say the least and And, the voice uh, it leads right yeah it is a voice. Yeah. She, Cause, and then, so it leads Maud back to Amanda's house one late night. Yes. And, and at this point, Amanda's is real sick. Like she's, she's real close to death. And like Amanda's like sort of sleeping and Maud shows up in her room and touches her face. And Amanda turns and looks at her and says, you know, like, I'm sorry, you know, like I should have never done that. Cause and you, you believe that like Amanda had a general connection with this woman. Right. You know? Right. She was her friend. She was. Right. And um, Maude starts to say, you know, like. um, He forgives everything. He forgives everything. Like God forgives everything. All you have to do is ask. Right. To which Amanda says, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but like none of that exists. Yeah. Man, this, this scene right here is what makes the 
the movie for, for, for me personally. This is a scene that I did not see coming the way that it plays out. Uh, again, this is your last chance. If you're still listening to this and, and, and you don't want spoilers, this is a movie that you really should watch. This is this is fantastic. This reveal here at the end uh, had Marcus and I both, at least me, I, I had like my mouth agape. I, I, I couldn't believe what happened. Out of nowhere, man. Like, because they're having this conversation and Maude is like starting to freak out. And then Maude is trying to use holy water on Amanda and like cross you know, like put the cross on her and she's like, no, 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 don't, you know, don't like, you know, and then all of a sudden, dude, Amanda bolt shoots upright. Like I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it now. Yeah. And like her face just descends and it turns into this demon, right? Out of nowhere. Yep. Demonic voice, demonic, uh, you know, features to her face, uh, completely, the opposite of what we thought this was going to go because we the, the the way the movie leads you it, you made it, it really makes you think that it's mod that's going to be the right. one that's been the one that's been uh you know misled not by god but by by more than likely a, a demon or the or the devil himself but no amanda that's the big twist she well we'll get to it in at this point in the movie she straight up just uh you know think of the you know uh, the exorcist uh it, that's what she ends up becoming it, it is extremely unsettling and it's like then like amanda like gets up on the bed and like looks at Maud and it says you know you think you are this person but really you are just someone who questions their faith and her eyes are all bugging out and Maud grabs the scissors and fucking just starts to go to town and stabs yeah. her to death a lot like stabs her a lot yeah just goes fucking town and then like leaves the apartment looking like carrie like sissy space back and carrie like blood on her face on her clothes and she goes back to her apartment and washing herself off and you think maybe the movie's over but it's not we got one more thing luke yeah she yeah like like it's 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 actually actually two more things two more things because before she leaves her apartment again she noticed she's got something on her back yeah, t- tell us about the back thing first, and we'll, we'll get to the, the other thing. So as she's in the morning, after she's cleaned herself off, it's a bright, sunny morning, and she's like, she's looking at her thing. She's got like this, you know, this altar for God built, and she's like looking at it, and she notices that there's some like bright light behind her, and the camera pans out, and she's got wings. Like, she sees herself as an angel. Right, straight up CGI wings, like <laughs> poking out of her back, and uh, we're like, "Oh, okay," like because we were just getting over the shock right. of, of of that whole Amanda reveal and death, and then and then this is happening, uh, and then yes, uh, as Marcus said, she, you know, uh, looking like Carrie covered in Amanda's blood because she just stabbed her like thirty seven times. Uh, she goes into this, uh, you know, real depressing uh, English seaside town beach, and she has a canister of, uh, well, I don't know if it's gas or some type of flam- flammable, flammable fluid, and mm-hmm. she uh, pours it on herself and immolates herself, and then we see everybody around her who was freaking out earlier. All of a sudden, they're 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 bowing down. 
uh, to her. Yeah, because it's got a real uh, angelic quality. It's like glowing gold, yes. and you don't really see the fire. It's just like this bright light. But then, yes. like right before the movie ends, you get like a split second frame of just like the horror of her being on fire, and it's actually on fire, and it's gross. And then it cuts away, and it gives you the title of the movie in that Saint Maude. Very, very quick, and it's done, and it's done. And I think that last little tiny bit, those last like two seconds, really kind of tell you what the movie wants you to believe happened. Right. So the director and the storyteller want you to think for yourself in this movie. Yes. They want you to come to your own conclusions, and I think the the conclusion the conclusion that both of us came to is that Maud is insane or bipolar, yes. schizophrenic, whatever, right. and that she's just imagined all of this. Yes. Maud, uh, the experience, well, probably even before this, but that experience that uh, we flash back to very briefly when she lost that patient before uh, she started taking care of Amanda uh, broke her. And um, she became... Un- unstable, you know, her, her, her mental illness took over and, uh, all that it, again, this is just, this is just me thinking of what happened. Uh, you, you know, listener, you may have a totally different takeaway from when you watch this movie, but just, just from my end of it, I think she, yeah, she went insane and, uh, stabbed her patient to death and then set herself on fire and uh, man, it, it's it's a very very compelling way to tell that story because it's um, uh, it, it's not something I've ever seen before. It's it's really really well done on a very low budget. It's uh, it was mm-hmm. I thought it was expertly done. Yeah. So uh, give me your final thoughts on Saint Maud. I, I really you know before the as the credits were rolling, we we, we were briefly uh, talking. You know we. You know, we, we just watched a movie that we, we really hated uh, before this one in, in The Outwaters, which, you know, we're, we're bummed about because we, we don't like to hate on anything uh, here uh, on this podcast. We, you know, we, we love movies. We love horror movies specifically. Um, so going in the complete opposite direction, I want to spread the word on St. Maude as much as possible. I, I really wish... Uh, you know, if we can even get like two people, one person to, to watch St. Maude after this uh, podcast, I'm going to feel better. Uh, this movie is great. This movie is so good. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's low budget horror done really, really, really well. It's kind of like I thought about uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe, although that movie had a couple of big name stars attached to it. So it's almost, uh, it's even better than that. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, definitely check it out if you're interested at all. It's, it's a character study horror movie that I think you won't soon forget. I, I know I won't. Uh, I agree. It's a wonderful, wonderful little horror movie. It's a breezy 80 minutes, 84 minutes. It gets its point across. Really good imagery. Um, lots to think about. Really, really well acted. Um, I can't wait to see what else comes out of this director and writer. Um, I enjoyed yeah. myself tonight. Yeah, same. And, and we had we had like technical difficulties tonight. Like we had to like stop the movie several times, and it, it we still be like we couldn't get enough of it. It was uh, right. It was great. It just really throw it on. Like Marcus said, it's a short movie. It's 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 
like you said, is it's eighty something minutes long. It's it it, it flies by. It's it's not action packed or anything, but it 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 flies by. All right, so our new segment for the month of April for Halfway to Halloween, I've been calling it Top Tens. Um, but as we're through in the month, I should have called it something else because uh, yet again, I have another list that's not 10. This one's only five. So, Luke, are you <laughs> ready to look at this one together? Let's go. All right, this one is called The Five Best Horror Movies About Demonic Possessions. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, that, that yeah, right on, man. Well, well done. All right. And uh, this is by, this is from CBR.com. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's quite possible that the author of this, like the, the it's a typo, um, okay. and it's actually by a guy named Scott Allen, which I'm okay. I'm, I'm gonna believe that it's that. But <laughs> on the on the website it says by Scoot Allen. <laughs> All right, Scoot, what do we got? <laughs> All right, so starting with five and going down, and again. I haven't seen any of these. I'm looking at them with Luke at the same time, and I will put the link to this article in the description so you can look at it yourself. Number five, we're starting off with Insidious from 2011. Insidious? I, dude, I remember really liking Insidious. I, I, I don't remember a goddamn thing from it. and I, I haven't I, seen it many, since it came out. Like, How many Insidiouses have they come out with since? Like, Has it been like four or five? <laughs> a lot right? of fucking Insidiouses. We should do an Insidious This Is Like Fracas. We should watch them all at some point. I, I feel like dude, Patrick Wilson's in it, who's like a pretty regular name that we keep mentioning on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we should we should fucking catch up on our Insidious uh, franchise. Insidious? Insidious? Insidious This Is. Yes, that. We should, <laughs> I think they're making a new one, too, if I'm not mistaken. Number four is a movie I have not seen, and it's called Lose. Lose like to lose something? No, L U L U Z, like the L-U-Z, name. Lose. Okay. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Like I think that means moon in Spanish. It says. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a it's an homage to European horror movies in the eighties. Okay. And um, it's a taxi driver fought against a police station corrupted by the demonic force hunting her down, resulting in in a horror movie with a high body count. And it's not the most well known or widely seen. Uh, but it still stood out with fans. I guess we got to check this one down. I've never heard of it before. Okay. Okay. By the way, lose means light. Uh, yeah. So I got mm-hmm. that wrong. But um, that sounds really good. I would be all about that. Hey, hey, hey. Put it on our international edition, right? We're going to do another yeah. one of those. End of the summer. All right. Number three is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I, I've seen this. Have you seen it? No, another one of those things I just missed and I never got around to watching. So no, I have not seen this one surprisingly enough. So it's, I mean, it's. I don't think it was like a huge thing or anything. So so don't feel like you missed out or anything. I I, I watched this when I was in college, I believe. And um, hold on, let me really quickly find. I think out I was originally was. wary of it because isn't it PG thirteen? Yes, this is, this is one of those. This is one of those movies. Uh, yeah, it's 2005. So that's actually, that's the year I graduated from college. I remember watching it. I think it was right around that time. And I, I remember enjoying it. I remember it being well done. I, I would watch it again. Yeah, I'll check it out at some point. Uh, number two is Hereditary. Oh, 
Fuck yeah, dude. Which is another A24 movie, which we didn't mention. St. Maude is an A24 movie. That's right. So A24, A24 continuing to pull out the pull yeah. out the fantastic horror movies. The A24 is is fucking quality. Um, and speaking of that, dude, Hereditary is is something. Else. Have you seen it? I have not seen Hereditary. Uh, Her- Hereditary is great. It is. It's fantastic. It's really fucking scary. It's another awesome movie by um, Ari Aster. Uh, who is you know? It's it's he's a young dude. He's he's, he's thirty six. That fucking yeah. makes me sad about my life. Um, he, he's he's amazing. He's a he's a fucking he's a genius. Like I I will watch whatever he puts out. Uh, have you seen Mid Midsummer? His Midsummer. I I have not. There's another one I missed. It, or just didn't dude, watch yet. Amazing. It's an amazing movie. Uh, his new one is called uh, Bo. Bo. I don't know how to say that. Bo is afraid mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Jacqueline Phoenix. It does not look good to me, man. Like at all in the trailers, I I'm like not really interested in it. But I will watch it just because his name is attached to it. But um, man, Hereditary is awesome. It's it's um it's a really really good, really unsettling horror movie. I would. Uh, we could fucking review it for this for the podcast, man. It's it's fantastic. It's really really good. You know, I think I must have been scarred, which I am gonna say without a doubt is probably gonna be number one on this list. Is I think I was uh, scarred by Exorcist enough to where it's like I don't run out to watch like demonic possession movies. Like I gotta be in the right frame of mind. Right. Well, I I told you like I the thing that scared me the most as a kid is demons. Like I I don't yeah because I was you know I was raised very Catholic, very religious. So even for a movie to mention demons, and this is how how pious I was uh, when I was a, a little kid, how I was brought up uh, was like sacrilegious. Like you can't talk about demons in movies for fun. Like that's not right. Like that that's where I came from. Uh, so yeah, uh, anything with demons, uh, it, it, so exorcist is the first one is the number one. It's I mean, gotta be, I'm going to scroll down now. Yeah, of course it's it gotta is. Be. What else would it be? It's Man, exorcist be. might be to this day, might be the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's probably the most disturbing, right? I mean, be, yeah. I mean it's just, it's, it's so, it's, it's so good. It's so well, fucking. So put it this way. Right. So like the original Conjuring, right? The very first Conjuring, which isn't on this list, surprisingly enough to me, which sort of invalidates the list for me. Or maybe, maybe it's just the list. Maybe just the list needs to be longer. Yeah. But um, but so think about it in the Conjuring. Like that movie is scary. Like it there's is. some like jump out of your seat moments in there. But like as soon as you get that jump scare, you're like, you're like, yeah, this is a movie that was stylized and shit and it's like in the exorcist something really scary happens and you look at it and you're like this is a movie right like you got to remind yourself because it's not yes. apparent to you yeah no i i agree it, it the thing about the exorcist uh you know to this day right and then the exorcist came out what um does it say on there oh 1973 1973 mm-hmm. so that's that's 50 years ago right that's yeah. crazy. Um, this, yeah, this year is the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. I wonder when it actually came out. Um, that movie doesn't feel safe. 
No. And when you, when you, when you, when you watch it, it just like it, it starts off as a as a fairly you know innocent you know family type drama like something's wrong with the you know with the little girl, and then before you know it, you know she is you know sexually assaulting herself with that cross, and it's just again as a kid watching it way too young i i it, made, it completely messed me up i was like i cannot fucking believe they made a movie like this like it was it was so shocking to me so yeah it was well uh, i think i've said before on this podcast that i watched it for the first time when i was nine nine or ten and it was on regular tv so it was cut and it messed right. me up for a while like i didn't sleep right for a couple weeks <laughs> and then um i in i think i was a senior in high school or i was a freshman in college I was like, I have to watch The Exorcist. I have to watch the full uncut version, you know? Right, right. Watched it one night. Fucked me up again. And that's the last time I've watched it. And I have no plans of watching it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched it in, in probably 15 uh, plus years as well. It's um, it's not a fun watch, man. It, it just isn't. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a movie that hits hard. Uh, repeatedly and then it doesn't really lit up until the end and um yeah it's it's i mean i don't think as as far as these demon possession movies like like that this this list is about i don't see anything unseating that from the number one spot ever do you no i don't think so I, it'd be hard for somebody else to make a movie that depraved that vile that scary that plausible mm -hmm. You know, even if you don't believe in this shit, you'd like you watch that movie and you, you might start believing in this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you actually do believe in that shit. <laughs> it'll really. <laughs> oh, man. It'll it'll really it puts a, a whole new layer of, of, of ick to it, um, which is where I was at. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's something else. It's it's. It, it it might be the scariest movie ever made. Uh, there's a there's a argument to be made for The Exorcist, the American. Uh, Agreed. Well, Agreed. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's just it's so good. So there's a there's our top five disguised as a top ten, and uh, there's Saint Maud. Please go watch Saint Maud. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. Check out Saint Maud. It's um it's so fucking good. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're coming up next. I'm pretty excited. Uh, we're going to watch a vampire movie. Uh, it is the uh, 2007 Josh Hartnett starring 30 Days of Night. That's pretty much all I got. Litigators. Or she believes herself to be levitating in her apartment. Uh, leave that stuff alone. We'll come back to that later. Let's talk about the movie as it presents itself. Leave that, leave that shit alone. We'll get back to that. All right. She levitates in her apartment, Luke. That's what the movie wants you to look at. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Literally.